Well, we're going to finish up Daniel today, or try. Daniel 12. We jumped one. That's all right. So, a couple of uh, possible outcomes to life. And... uh, I'm reminded of that every time I have to do a funeral or have a friend or somebody to die, that there's two possible outcomes to life. And we live in a world today that doesn't want to admit that. They just, people just uh, don't care. If you don't believe that, just get in your car and ride around on all the parking lots this morning. And I'd be willing to bet that you'd be hard-pressed to find more than one church if you found that one that had more than 50% of the parking places full. People just don't care anymore. That's going to change one day. And uh, people need to try to get things right now if they can, uh, and it's it's a possibility. Uh, that's uh, of course that's because of Jesus. Let's uh, look at Daniel twelve, and uh, I'll just read the whole chapter to you. Daniel twelve. At that time, Michael, the great prince who stands watch over your people, will rise up. There will be a time of distress such as never has occurred since nations came into being until that time. But at that time, all your people who were found written in the book, of, in the book will escape. Many of those who sleep in the dust of the earth will awake, some to eternal life and some to shame and eternal contempt. Those who are wise will shine like the bright expanse of heaven. And those who lead many to righteousness like the stars forever and ever. But you, Daniel, keep these words secret and seal the book until the time of the end. Many will roam about and knowledge will increase. Then I, Daniel looked, and two others were standing there, one on this bank of the river and one on the other. One said to the man dressed in linen, who was above the waters of the river, how long until the end of these extraordinary things? Then I heard the man dressed in linen, who was above the waters of the river. He raised both his hands toward heaven and swore by him who lives eternally that it would be for a time, times, and a half time. When the power of the holy people is shattered, all these things will be completed. I heard, but did not understand. So I asked my Lord, what will be the outcome of these things? And he said, Go on your way, Daniel, for the words are secret 
and sealed until the time of the end. Many will be purified, cleansed, and refined, but the wicked will act wickedly. None of the wicked will understand, but the wise will understand. From the time the daily sacrifice is abolished and the abomination of desolation is set up, there will be 1,200 days. Blessed is the one who waits and reaches 1,335 days. But as for you, go on your way to the end. You will rest, then rise to your destiny at the end of the days. Let's pray. Lord, uh, as we look at your word together, the words of the prophet Daniel, God, uh, our hearts are, are moved. And God, our lives challenged to be the people that you would have us to be. That God, we might be awake in our spirit and ready for all of the things of the times of the end to happen. Pray God that uh, our hearts would be attuned with you, that, Father, we would have made arrangements to be in your family, God, when you return to claim your own for an eternity. Lord, we know that you hold the future in your hand. We, God, just uh, as human beings, as church members, Submit ourselves to your authority. Ask God that you would lead us to be the people that you would have us to be. And God, we'll give you the glory for all of it. Make us ready for that day, that glorious day when you return. Lord, uh, that we might see Jesus and rise up to meet him in the air. We'll give you thanks for all of that in his name. Amen. Amen. A lot of scholars, biblical scholars, have uh, agreed on uh, Daniel 11, basically, that it refers to a time in the future that it's not something that's already happened. Uh, they think it happened, uh, in their scholarly opinion, uh, between Cyrus and Antiochus IV, uh, you'll recognize these names if you know anything about history uh, as uh, leaders in the world at a different time. Verses uh, 36 through 45 in uh, chapter 11 uh, talk about, uh, for sure, uh, we think about Antiochus IV. This is one of the, the kings that lived in the world now, these, these men uh, we're talking about, uh, Antiochus and Cyrus, they controlled a goodly portion of the world. A anyway, the, uh, the part of the known world at the time, anyway, around the Mediterranean Sea, uh, North and, and North Africa and uh, Southern Europe and, uh, I guess, Western Asia. Uh, there was a, a great deal of the, the 
world at that time, they knew that uh, they possessed authority over. Uh, there seems to be uh, evidence in the scripture that uh, this is uh, the time that points uh, to the end of time. Uh, and <laughs> I guess biblical scholars have debated on such things from way back there until they're going to be debating on it when Jesus comes back. And folks, <laughs> I'm one of those that believe it doesn't make any difference what conclusion they come to. When Jesus comes back, there's going to be a mighty big gasp in the world. Everybody's just going to suck air real hard, you know, because there he is. And nobody's really, not even Christians, I think, not, nobody really is going to be prepared for that to happen. We say we believe it, we look at the Bible, and we confess that we believe what the Word says. But I'm going to tell you something. When Jesus pops up right in front of our faces at the end of time, we're going to gasp, a big gasp, and fall on our faces. Hey, go get him. Tell him it's all right if he comes on. We just started. Black fellow with a mask on. Dress nice. Anyway. Let me, let me back on up here to Daniel. The the evidence within the scripture seems to point to the end of time. Uh, this uh, this issue has been uh, debated for years and years, and it's going to continue to be debated, debated as I said, uh, until Christ returns. Uh, the message in uh, in Daniel twelve seems to be pretty clear, though, uh, and there are only two two possible conclusions to reach two outcomes of life that we can see. And it's not just in this part of Scripture. It's not just in Daniel right here. Uh, everything we read in Scripture uh, leads us to believe there's only two ways to go. Uh, and one is up and one is down. <laughs> We've said that pretty much all of our lives as children and as grown folk. Uh, eternal life or eternal contempt and we have the choice. It's a wonderful thing that God has given us the choice to make while we're here on this earth, whether we're going to spend eternity with him or spend it with the devil in the lake of fire. Uh, this uh, truth uh, is uh, expressed very well in the, the first couple of verses uh, of uh, Daniel uh, 12. Um, at the, Daniel 12 says, At that time, Michael the great prince, who stands watch over your people, will rise up, and there will be a time of distress such as never occurred since nations came into being until that time. But at that time, all your people who are found written in the book will escape. <laughs> now, that's a New Testament thing, isn't it? Everybody's name that's written in the books is going to escape. Well, Old Testament, New Testament didn't make any difference. God's the same from now on. He was the same then as he is now. And regardless of what we think or do or say, regardless of who we are in society, what position we hold, that matters not. What makes a difference in eternity is what we have done with Jesus in the here and now. If we've accepted him as our Savior, everything's going to be okay. If we haven't, it's not. And we need to understand that and share it as best as we possibly can 
with uh, our friends. Uh, Michael was, uh, <coughs> excuse me, he was watching over Israel, uh, Daniel's people, of course, the Jewish people. And by extension, he was watching over all of God's people the, uh, and the, the children of Abraham. Uh, those uh, that we would say today that have a circumcised heart. If we, uh, even if if the men folks have, haven't practiced or had practiced on them, then we have to say that uh, circumcision. I, you know, <laughs> Herschel, I've wondered many times how the women are going to handle this when they get before God. You know, uh, this this thing, the men are, were supposed to be circumcised at six days. I, what what did they do? Uh, or five, did you say? Huh? Eight. Eight. Well, okay. Thank you much. What did the women have to do? They I, look. We can we can forget we can forget circumcision for men. They have to bear children. My goodness, I I don't know about y'all, but I I I don't even like to think about that. Uh, there, hey, there's some tough little critters. That's all I can say, and especially if they do it more than one. Once ought to be enough for any intelligent woman in the world. And from then on, there ought to be a baseball bat laying in the bed. And every time Daddy gets a little frisky, render him unconscious. And when you wake up the next morning and say, it was good for me, how about you? Now, I know I'm out there in left field, but look, these women certainly are not second-class citizens. They are responsible for all the human life on this planet. We're here because they were willing to give birth to multiple generations of people. And we ought to be very thankful to them and honor them. That's why we have Mother's Day and Father's Day. We, we need to honor our parents for sure uh, because... It was, it was them that brought us into the world. It is up to us as parents, folks. It's up to us as parents to bring our young people up in the nurture and the admonition of the Lord. Now, y'all probably like I am, but you haven't been out there in the world probably as much as I have and seen different things in different areas at different times from different people. Well, I want to tell you something. There's some parents out there in the world that act worse than their kids do. And that's not good for the children. We are God's children, and we need to act like that. And we need to prove it to our young'uns by the way we act. Because they're going to be responsible to answer to God one day. He, he watches over his people, and we need to understand that and instill it in our children. Uh, those that have been circumcised, if you will, in their heart. And that, that's what happens to us in a figurative way when we accept Jesus Christ. The, the, the filthy flesh of sin is removed and is replaced by the Holy Spirit of God. And we ought to live that way as an example for uh, the world. Uh, 
uh, in, the, in the scripture that we've read today in this uh, portion of Daniel, there's going to be a time of uh, distress at the end of time. And I don't, I don't know if we as a church are prepared for that. Our forefathers came closer <laughs> to dealing with a great deal of problem all at one time than we have ever had to. And we look back at our history and we see the, the birth of this nation and the things that our forefathers went through uh, with the American Revolution. Uh, we see things like the Civil War that happened later on, World War I, the Korean War, World War II, uh, and Vietnam and all of those things that have happened in the world. And, and we've suffered hardship, there's no question about it. But folks, we have never, ever seen anything like what's going to happen in the end of time. Just, just having the title Christian associated with your name is going to be the worst thing that ever anybody can ever say about you. Now, you know, Charles, there's, there's some men folks out there in the world that, that fight if you call them something, just the wrong thing. If you call them the wrong name or insult their family or insult them bad enough, you're going to have a fight on your hands. But I'm going to tell you what, people can't make up enough bad things to say about you now as compared to what it's going to be like then. The name Christian is going to be the worst thing in the world. And we're going to have to pay the price for it, I fear. Uh, verse, uh, verse 28 in Romans 2.28 says this, for a person is not a Jew who is one outwardly, and true circumcision is not something visible in the flesh. On the contrary, a person is a Jew who is one inwardly, and circumcision is of the heart, by the spirit, not the letter. His praise is not from men, but from God. We don't do what we do to be thought well of and praised by man. And that includes going to church. That includes teaching a Sunday school class, being a good Christian and Christian example in the community. It's more, there's more to it than that. There's more to it than that. I know a lot of people that can put on a good example and a good talk. I had a, a friend that I had in college, if you can call him a friend, and he was a rebel, rebel rouser. Uh, there wasn't anything that he wouldn't do. I don't have any idea why we got to be such friends when I went to Mississippi State. But uh, I met a, a, a good Christian boy when I went down there. And uh, he introduced me to him. God love him. And uh, we became good buddies and and I, I took him home a couple of times to Clarksdale on the weekend. You know how college students do. And my mother didn't like him from the first time she laid eyes on him. He was one of the cockiest jokers you've ever seen. And get away from grown folks, he was foul mouthed. And I don't know whether my mother had a sixth sense or not, but she, she did not like that white boy at all. And that, that, hey, 
those of us who have children and loved ones, we have an antenna that, that kind of tunes in on stuff like that, and we want our loved ones to be protected from that environment. We just we don't want to go there. Uh, Romans twenty eight, Romans two twenty eight says this: For a person is not a Jew who is one outwardly, and true circumcision is not something visible in the flesh. On the contrary. A person is a Jew who is one inwardly. Same thing with Christianity. Who's one inwardly. And circumcision is of the heart by the spirit, not the letter. His praise is not from men, but from God. That should be who we are. Now, we ought to be able to go home with anybody at any time and their mama love us. Let's put it that way. Uh, we ought not to give a an aura about us of being uh, a cocky heathen. Let's put it that way. Y'all have met them. As I see you grinning and looking around. Y'all have met them. You know what I'm talking about. You don't have any trouble spotting them when you run up on them. There's, a, there's going to be a time of distress coming on our world that uh, that's about all the folks we're going to have around us and before Jesus comes back there's going to come a time of distress and we're going to have to prove who we are I believe with all of my heart uh, in Matthew 24 Jesus tells us basically the same thing in verse 21 he said for at that time there will be great tribulation the kind that hasn't taken place from the beginning of the world until now and never will again but at that time all your people who are found written in the book of life will escape. So he said in Daniel, hey, <laughs> I don't know how long it's going to take. I don't imagine it's going to make any difference. As bad as I hate to stand in line, we're all going to stand in line one evening. And the Lord Jesus is going to have his book open. The name of every person is going to be in that book. And everyone is going to be judged according to what is written in that book. I got good news for you. It ain't going to take us long to go through our judgment. Because when the book is open, it's going to be a stamp by your name as a Christian and mine. Jesus. Jesus. Possessive form of Jesus. We belong to Him. There is no judgment. Our judgment is to, we got to live with what we do now. When we get to glory, we're not going to have to live with any of that stuff. It's all taken away. Thank God. I'm proud because I've done some things I don't want to go with me, brother. I don't know whether anybody else has or not, but I've done a few things I don't want to follow me into that place called heaven. It's bad enough having to put up with it down here knowing he knows and sees. And I'm surprised I'm still alive sometimes. Really, I mean, I'm serious. Because I've done some things that deserve more than a paddling. 
A good killing would have done the right thing. God got no business on letting us bunch of heathens like that into his paradise. But if the name of Jesus is stamped over our names in the book, come on in, my good and faithful servant. Whoo! Whoo! He talking about me. We've been covered with the robe and the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. Come on in. Good fellow. I wonder how many people we'd have to survey in our area where we live for them to agree with the, the good fellow end of it. How long would it take us to get 100 names on the list? Some of these lying politicians don't seem to have any trouble with it at all. I think they lie about that too. Another subject, never mind. There's coming a time of great distress in our nation. And uh, we better be prepared for it. Now, a lot of people think that the church is going to be gone when that distress comes, that there's going to be a rapture before all of that happens. I believe there's going to be a rapture before God's judgment happens on the earth, that, uh, however you want to look at that. But folks, just because there's a time of trouble coming doesn't mean we're going to be out of here. It just means we're going to have to be prepared with the Lord to endure what comes. Just like now, it doesn't make any difference. Can you imagine what people in our country went through during a time of depression? I can't, I've heard my folks and my grandparents talk about it. I can't imagine. And look, if it, if it became that way today, can you imagine what kind of violence there would be in the, just in the United States of America? How many thieves would just break out into the open? How many gun battles would take on the streets of our cities and towns every day? Every day. That wouldn't be news anymore. I can't imagine what would happen. It's coming. It's coming. When it gets bad enough, and everybody's had an opportunity. Look, every man, woman, boy, and girl is going to have an opportunity to accept Jesus Christ as Savior. I believe everyone that's alive is going to have that opportunity. In the end of time, who else is going to be here to tell them but us? When we get the last one told that needs to be telling, the sky's going to break open. I believe that's when it's going to happen. We're going to see the glory of a Lord Jesus Christ break out of the sky. And all of us who are alive and remain here are going to be caught up to meet him in the air. I can't imagine that because I'm not real fond of heights myself. I can't imagine taking off to going up to meet Jesus. But I know this, he'll take all that fear away. I'm just going to enjoy the scenery on the way by. We're going to be with him. That's what he said. We're not going to have to put up with this mess down here anymore. 
But we're going to have to endure it for a little while, folks. It's going to get worse than it is today, and it's going to get worse than we can imagine. Probably our lifetimes, our children are really going to have their hands full. It's going to be a time of distress. So according to Jesus, we're going to get away like a slippery, slimy snake, if you will. Uh, Verse uh, verse 2, we read in Daniel 12, verse 2 talks about this uh, sleep, which is kind of a euphemism. Many of those who sleep in the dust of the earth will awake some to eternal life. We, we talk about that when we talk about the second coming, the graves bursting open and those coming out of the graves. Uh, to go to be with Jesus in the air. Uh, we're we're going <laughs> to get away from the captor, let's put it that way. We're going to get away from him. He's not going to trouble us anymore. Can you imagine a time when there's no temptation, when you're not tempted by evil or by anything to do something wrong or something bad? One of these days, uh, we're going to be waked up from our sleep if we're in the grave. If we're not, it's like I said a while ago, those of us that are alive and remain are going to go to meet him in the air. Uh, this, this sleep that the scripture describes here uh, is just a, it's a, a description of a temporary condition called death. And we're not going to have to experience that very long. Uh, when, you, when you think about it, uh, you know, from the time when Jesus left uh, or was born or God created everything, men began to die and get put in the soil. Uh, however long that is, I don't know, some of these crazy geologists today think it's been thousands and hundreds of thousands, maybe millions of years since the earth was in existence. And I, I, it doesn't matter to me. It doesn't make any difference how long we've been here. All I know is one of these days my Lord's coming back to get us. And uh, all this stuff we worry so much about and all this stuff down here that we try to accumulate and all of that stuff's going to be gone. It's going to be just like dust. Not going to be anything. And we're going <laughs> to... going to be a glorious day, folks. <laughs> We're going to see Jesus. And we're going to see him in all of his radiant glory. And that uh, angelic choir standing behind him. I don't know who's going to be directing that choir. <laughs> but that's going to be a great sound. And I don't know what language they're going to be singing. Don't make any difference. We're all going to understand it anyway because it's going to be full of praise for the Lord. Look, we got glory waiting on us. We do. We ought not to be scared of anything. The devil's going to try to get us while we're here. No doubt about it. Uh, but we don't have to worry about that. We're going to escape his old slipper self. Uh, we're gonna, <laughs> according to what the scripture says here, we're going to be let alone. Finally and forever, we're going to be let alone. Uh, I don't, this, uh, we see this uh, reference here in Daniel, in the Old Testament, to what the New Testament uh, teaches. Uh, and he talks about 
those who are asleep coming awake. Isn't that a New Testament? That's a New Testament thing. When when the resurrection happens, when Jesus comes back, all of those who are asleep are going to wake up. Uh, and uh, this is uh, Daniel might have been a little ahead of himself, but he was uh, writing and talking under the inspiration of the Spirit. Uh, this is just a temporary condition. Uh, and John 5, 28 and 29 says, Do not be amazed at this, because a time is coming when all who are in the graves will hear his voice. <laughs> I lay my hearing aid down over here. Not going to have any trouble that day. Hearing the Lord. <laughs> we'll hear his voice loud and clear. But I want to tell you something. That'd be a glorious day. And uh, verse 29 starts with, and come out. We're going to hear him and come out. Come out of what? Those who have done good things to the resurrection of life, but those who have done wicked things to the resurrection of judgment. Now, that tells me there's two places that we can stand after the resurrection in the presence of the Lord for glory in the presence of the Lord for judgment he's going to he's going to fix all of this stuff we're going to have uh, we're going to have life eternal with him in that respect we'll be like him we'll have eternal life uh, death is a thing of the past uh, when the the power of the holy people is shattered on the earth. All these things are going to be completed. Uh, Matthew twenty four sixteen says, The abomination that causes desolation, that's who it's talking about. This one, this uh, evil one to come. Uh, some of uh, the book of Numbers is debated uh, about some of the numbers. Uh, there's a difference between 1290 and 1260 uh, but it uh, it doesn't make any difference how long Jesus takes to set his kingdom up folks it doesn't make any difference if it takes him three and a half years or three and a half years and five days to me it doesn't matter he's going to set his kingdom up and I'm going to tell you something the author of this material that I've been reading Talking about taking three and a half years to do that, let me tell you something. Well, let me ask you something. How long do you think three and a half years is to Jesus? Could we measure that in our time? Three and a half years to Jesus is just like that. He can do what he wants to in three and a half of our years. He created the universe in one day. You think it's going to take him three and a half years to get all this mess straightened out? Well, I, I think when the sky opens up and, and we all, old, young, bad, good, doesn't make any difference. When he splits that sky open, we're all going to see him. Amen. It ain't going to take three years for him to get here. He's going to get here just like that. The judgment seat's going to be set up just like that. We're going to start the process just like that. And how he does it, that's his business. All I know is we're all going to stand there. I don't think it's going to take even three and a half years for him to get everybody on the earth judged, dead and alive. 
not with my God. Folks, people don't realize we got a God that is beyond the measure of time. We don't have to worry about how long it takes him. We don't have to worry about standing in line for three and a half years to get to the throne to get judged. Even if we're at the back of the line, we're going to get up there pretty shortly. I just hope I'm in good favor when I get there. That's right, isn't it? Let's be in good favor when we get there. It's time for me to shut up. And Did I hear an amen or was that a jiggle? The thing that referred to in Matthew 24 about the abomination that causes desolation is going to be demolished and done away with. And all of these numbers about how long it takes to do what he's got to do is not going to matter. Three years is not going to be but a breath. 45 days is not going to be a tick on your second hand. Daniel's and all of his cohorts in the Old Testament that trusted the Lord are going to rise up to be in God's presence. I've got another page and a half, I think, but I don't think I want to hear that. I'm going to uh, just give it to you in outline form. Uh, These outcomes... The life that we're talking about are very simple. You've got eternal life with God in heaven in all of his glory, or you've got eternal contempt with the devil and all of his fallen one in the fires of hell for an eternity. Folks, it's our choice while we're here on this earth which place we go. There's only two outcomes to life while we're here on this earth. There's only two. Now, we try in all of our human nature to make things better or worse than they are. But there are only two outcomes. We can be rich or we can be paupers. I'd rather be rich with God's glory than I had be a pauper in hell. Or vice versa. Doesn't make any difference. Uh, are we saved? Are we ready to stand before the Lord? Uh, are we doing God's will uh, in our lives? Are we doing what we need to be doing? Are we living righteous lives? Matthew twenty five four six says this, and they will go away into eternal punishment. Talking about the the bad evil folks but the righteous into eternal life. I, folks, I'd rather think about the eternal life than I had anything else. Uh, let's uh, make sure in our lives that we're really, we're really saved. We've given our hearts and our souls to the Lord Jesus Christ and ask Him for eternal forgiveness. Not just during this life, but eternal forgiveness. May it last forever. 
And it will. When he wipes the slate clean, the slate's going to be clean. We need to make sure of that every day, every day. Just stand together and we'll have a word of prayer. We'll be uh, dismissed. Thank you all for coming today. Uh, huh? Invitation. invitation. Well, somebody's going to have to go play if we have an invitation. There. She's on the way. Okay. You have anything on your heart that you need to pray about or talk about or confess? You are invited during this time uh, to come. Looking for a page number. Let's turn to page 309. How many? 309. Okay. I put my ears on. Amen.